Hi everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of The Vegan View. Today we have a very special guest. She is the founder and creator of the Vegan Woman Summit. It is Jennifer Stojkovic. not gonna lie <laughs> every time I can hear when there's like an announcer and they're going through all these names and then there's a pause I'm like that one's gonna be me I know for sure it's me. <laughs> debating how to say it yeah, yeah. Stoikovic 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 okay got you're, it you're just totally a pro oh, per- so happy <laughs> thank you for taking the time to be on the show um for those of you who have not heard of the vegan women's summit can you please give us a, a, a rundown of what it is and what led you to creating it Absolutely. So the Vegan Women's Summit is a global media and events organization that is focused on empowering women uh, to build a kinder, more sustainable world. So we were created three years ago. We started with 250 women in a room in San Francisco. And at the time, I was working in Silicon Valley as a tech lobbyist and executive. And quite honestly, I was getting sick of working with all of these giant brands and not seeing other women in the room, uh, being in the tech industry, it's really true, the tech bro uh, rhetoric (laughs) that you hear about all the time. So I wanted to figure out a way that we could empower women. And at the time, food technology started to become a really hot topic. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, if I can take what I care about in my day-to-day life, which of course was saving animals and veganism and bring it towards an industry and really build an industry, what could we accomplish? And so mm-hmm. VWS started with 250 women. We now have 60,000 women professionals across wow. six continents. And the goal is really to just inspire women to give a shit, uh, yeah. you know, to get into the space, to build really exciting things, to get jobs in the space, and just yeah. become advocates for building a kinder, more sustainable world. Right. And maybe to get yeah. to Antarctica too. You get I am trying. Years. I am <laughs> trying. I just need like one person to yeah, join. That's what you mean. Yeah. And then we are set. Then we have conquered the entire planet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you would be surprised. We have women from, I think we've counted last 31 countries. We. We have women from all over the world that no matter where you are, everybody kind of can see that what's going on in the food system is breaking and that there's problems with it. And so we have women that come from all backgrounds that just want to be a part of changing it. Yeah, that's so, incredible. I know you have the event, like convention, that um, is everybody looks forward to, I'm yeah. sure, every single year. But beyond that, how does the network, you know, how does that work? So we do a lot of things, uh, quite honestly. So our big flagship conference takes place once a year. We do um, about a thousand people. Wow. So 20% of our attendees are men. Fun fact. Wow. Um, men are a huge part of Vegan Women's Summit because, oh, wow. well, yeah, you know, let's stop and think for a second. Who do you see buying groceries when you go to the store? Women. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a guy FaceTiming someone mm-hmm. and picking out groceries? Yeah. yeah. Guess what percent of consumer food purchases are made by women? 99. Yeah, it's the majority of <laughs> yeah. them. Okay, 99 is a little high. But 87, like 85. 80, 80. 80. 
93. So you're actually the closest. Yeah, so 93% of what we buy and put into our bodies every single day, it's made by a woman. Yeah. And if it's not made by a woman, it's usually perhaps her partner that's at the store that's got the list that she gave them. Or, you know, I meet, uh, especially single men all the time, that they're still buying the brands that their mom taught them to buy when they wow. were younger, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can see this now when you think in your daily life, like that's kind of how food works. Mm -hmm. So uh, our kind of, our thesis around DWS and everything we do is that if we want to change the way that people buy food and the way that people eat food, we need to have women at the helm of those decisions from a leadership perspective. Mm -hmm. So we do pitch competitions, we invest in women, uh, we do a lot of reporting on this area, we do job networking, get women jobs in the space. Like It's the complete continuum of how women can be a part of transitioning our food system. That's amazing. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. I feel like a lot of, you know, what the feedback that we hear just from the show, just from our viewers at home, they're saying that they feel alone. They don't feel like they have a community. They, I've heard many times people say, I can't find a job that aligns with my ethics. And that's really yeah. sad that, you know, because, like we're the fastest growing movement. There's so many vegans out there. And so I love that you've been able to like create a space where we can all come together and like help mm. each other and right. be resources mm. for each other. Yeah, and one of the things that's really important for people to also understand is that there's a tremendous amount of, of science and technology that's going into how we're going to change the way we eat. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have no idea how far we've come on it. Yeah. You know, in the United States this year, they're going to start serving cultivated meat. If you do, you all know what cultivated mm -hmm. meat is. Have it you had the talk? We haven't done it on the show yet, and no. we should yeah. because it is. It's coming. It's, it's coming. Yeah. yeah. So it's already been served in the world for two years. So it, for consumers. people who maybe don't know what cultivated meat is, I, I would guess explain it. All right. <laughs> so cultivated meat, also known as lab-grown meat, unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, it is using the cells of an animal um, that are they can be procured harmlessly. You know, it can be everything from a, a feather to a simple cell that um, you retrieve via biopsy and you feed those cells and grow them outside of the body of an animal. So the same way that we've been doing regenerative medicine for decades, uh, you can actually grow meat. And so what ends up happening is a full piece of real meat, animal-based meat can be grown without the slaughter of an animal. I love that. I love Wild. science. Science Wild. is amazing. It's very real. Uh, I've had seven or eight different companies around the world. I've had a ton of, of lab-grown foods. So. What's really fascinating is that for those of us that are interested in the vegan space, the plant-based space, we've, you know, we've got all kinds of options. They're getting better mm -hmm. every single day. Mm -hmm. But what about the 95% of people that aren't interested in what we're doing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's where we really see food technologies as something we can champion for them to mm -hmm. continue eating the foods that they want to eat, regardless of you know, whether they're good for them or bad for them, but right. they're making those choices. So how mm -hmm. do we make a more sustainable, kinder choice for mm -hmm. them? Yeah. So that's really the goal there. Right, because wow. at the end of the day, the most important thing is the animals. You know, each person will do what they think is best for their health or not. You know, it's just it's a personal choice in that regard. But when you involve another animal, then it becomes, you know, it's less of a personal choice because you're involving another living being. So if you can give someone an avenue to still eat what they like, but just, you know, made in a lab. I know it sounds scary, but it's the future. And I think if it's got all the same stuff in it and you're not hurting anybody, I feel like it's a really positive thing. And I'm glad we're heading in that direction. 
Yeah, and to be honest, you know, when they say things like made in a lab, uh, most people have no idea how their meat is made. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the processing and bacteria and vaccines and hormones and oh, yeah. antibiotics. Or like people yeah. are so anti-vegan and they're like, oh, you eat impossible and beyond. Like that's lab girl and I want real and natural. Right. I'm like, yeah. you have no idea what goes on. Right. wherever that animal you're eating yeah. like came from. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you have no idea if that if that animal is cancerous, mm -hmm. you know, at slaughter, which is actually a very increasingly common yeah. thing. You oh. have no idea. Vaccines, you know, mm -hmm. for all the people that are opposed to putting vaccines in their bodies, they have no idea that 80% <laughs> of antibiotics sold in the world go towards animals, right? Talk yeah. about and it. And then you're eating them. Talk so about it. So you're ingesting it. it indirectly. Or people who are like, tofu's bad, soy is bad, and it's like, your animals that you eat yeah. are fed soy. Yeah. 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 If you're that concerned about soy and hormones, don't yeah. eat meat. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, also, you know. just don't eat any animal then that's you know stuffed with hormones because then you're also you're getting real the hormones that you're actually scared of. You're actually eating them through the animals. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, what I do because I do so much in the future of food, I I I know intimately how they make every single piece of mm -hmm. meat. They, that ends mm -hmm. up at Ralph's or Safeway or, or whatever, or ends up at Whole Foods, you know, with that yeah. high humane welfare kind of rating yeah. on it. Yeah. And what goes into producing your food is basically lab conditions in yeah. many ways, because the way that we confine animals just breeds disease and bacteria and pandemics and things like mm -hmm. that. We're currently in the, the worst avian flu pandemic of all time. Mm -hmm. It's happening quietly behind the scenes. It's called over 150 million birds and you've barely heard a word wow. about it. That's a lot of animals. Yeah, it's a lot. 5% yeah. of the broiler chicken population in the United States. Oh that's my gosh. 5%, 20% of turkeys during Thanksgiving. And, and so is this separate from the issue that's going on with the eggs or is this all tied together? Because we, I know we just did an episode where we talked about an egg shortage. So Yeah, so the avian flu originated from a domestic fowl farm in mm -hmm. China um, over a decade ago. So it did come from farming originally. Mm -hmm. And essentially this strain has continually changed over time, just like how COVID strains um, have changed over time mm -hmm. and so the latest strain is really really bad uh, and so it's affecting eggs mm -hmm. um, I should correct myself it was egg layer chickens that have had a 5% reduction broiler chickens it still hasn't hit them yet um, turkeys have been hit really bad on it and what's crazy about this one is it transfers to wild animals Wow. So there's thousands. Oh my God. Thousands. You guys are ruining the world. Yeah. <laughs> you're literally ruining the world. I don't care. If you eat chicken, you're ruining the world. Yeah. And, and that's what's so crazy is um, you can actually look up on the California State website and there's like, I think over 6,000 reported wild animals that have contracted it just in California. Oh just in one single state. And so yeah. what yeah, that Yeah, we means, don't hear about that. Why are no, we not here? Yeah. Of course we're not here. They're covering guys, everything. What do yeah. you think, right? Yeah. It's like and, personal choice, right? You're you're forcing these diseases on other animals by creating demand for such an unsustainable and disgusting industry. Like you're yeah. fueling now all these wild animals are infected and who knows how many more are going to be infected and probably die because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really like this is what's particularly scary about this one is that scientists around the world, you know, we've got it's in every continent at this mm -hmm. point, just to be clear, this is not an American thing. This is a global thing. It's mm -hmm. all across Europe and Asia and all these other places as well. And scientists have said they don't actually know if there's a way to stop it. 
Like multiple like renowned scientists have come forward and said, this one may be here forever. And now they're talking about doing some really crazy stuff like vaccinating chickens. Oh, oh my God. goodness. So again, if you are All a person- for you to have some fried chicken or some chicken <laughs> breast on your table. Like, is it really that deep? Is it really <laughs> worth it? Especially yeah. when vegan chicken to me it's is so like the closest good. to like what I remember chicken tasting like. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. And we're, like you said, we're so close to getting you the real thing if you really want it. And yeah. yeah. I really try not to strongly dislike humanity, but conversations (laughs) like this make me strongly dislike humanity because these are the same people who are like, oh, climate change and oh, da, da, da. And they think it's just the big oil companies. And it's like, no, it starts on your plate. It starts in your home. It starts with every choice you make. And you guys are pissing me off. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. When it comes to food, there is just this level of irrationality that happens with people. You know, you talk to them about fossil fuels and they're like, yeah, like, fuck fossil fuels. Like, this is, you know, it's BP, it's Exxon, it's Shell, it's all Go electric. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) you know? And we don't even talk about the electric car and the cobalt mining with the Congolese children that are being used to do that. Like, there's an entire other conversation to be had. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, and I talked to, I go to, you know, I, I held a press conference at COP27, United Nations Climate Conference. I just did South by Southwest. I do the top conferences in the world with this kind of topic. Mm-hmm. And every goddamn time, we'll do a future of food conversation. We'll talk about alternative protein. We'll talk about plant-based. We'll talk about everything we're talking about now. And then we'll go to the reception and there'll be like Wagyu steak. Oh my gosh. This happened to me. I have been to maybe 20 future of food events just in the last month. I travel a lot for and speak a lot. And I would say 90% of them served steak. Like not, not even chicken. Like, I mean, steak. So I work in the investment side of this and people will put billions of dollars into alternative protein. Mm -hmm. If you are investing in this industry, why would you spend your money on the industry you're trying to disrupt, it doesn't make any sense, right? Like you're actually putting the dollars people invested into your fund and said, hey, go out there and disrupt this industry. And you're like, okay, just kidding. I'm gonna go spend all of our, you know, $10,000 catering Mm -hmm. bill on buying Wagyu beef and chicken Mm -hmm. and all these other products. Well, that's probably because those people's hearts aren't really in, in it. They're just in for a money grab and you see that a lot with like vegan companies that aren't owned by vegans and like like Alessandra and I went to an event the other day and we thought oh everything here is going to be vegan to eat and like only two things were vegan to eat yeah. and I'm like oh because the CEO isn't vegan and yeah. all these people aren't yeah. vegan and it's like yeah. it shows you even know? though it's a vegan product and we- you're trying to push more vegan products to get away from dairy and things like that and like additives and preservatives and it's like well where then where's the connection it'd be nice yeah. if like we could just be on one level and money. stay there and really promote sustainability, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's kind of but lost you, on a But lot if of the people. individual isn't already living their life like that, yeah. like I can't yeah. expect them to understand. Right. This is more than just, oh, this is what's popping and fat right now. Like Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, absolutely. One thing I would, you know, provide as a counterweight to that though, is that if you want real food people, people from the food industry to mm-hmm. be building these companies, which is what we need. Yeah. yeah. Statistically speaking, 99% of them will be vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. We, like, we need to be serious about that, right? And so, like, one of my closest friends is the CEO of Impossible Foods. He came from Chobani. He spent 10 years building, you know, the biggest yogurt company in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
he is a fantastic example of somebody that knows really, really well how we are going to be able to grow an industry category. Mm -hmm. But Peter's not vegan. You know, he would be basically a flexitarian, mm -hmm. as they describe it. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because he's like, I'm actually the market we're supposed to be selling to. Mm. And I've had these debates with him for hours and hours. And, <laughs> you know, the more people we bring into this industry, we do need to realize, like, they're not going to all be vegan. Like, statistically, yeah. it's not yeah. possible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a... I mean, it's a shitty fact. Uh, I, mm -hmm. Most of the most of the CEOs and executives I work with that aren't vegan that go into this industry drastically do change the way they eat. Yeah, um, most of them, I would say, are probably like eighty percent vegans these days. Just like, what else do they need to know or yeah. see or hear? Yeah. It's a frailty of humanity. Like, yeah. let's be honest, it's a shortcoming of humanity that you can have all these facts and yeah. you still don't act on them. Right. Wow. Because. I think for a lot of people, in my experience, food is a self-soothing exercise. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially I remember when I was younger and I first started out of college, my first job was at United Way and we oversaw dozens and dozens of, you know, immediate needs programs. Yeah. Like, I mean, kids that would go to school with bags on their feet and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I worked with so many, like thousands and thousands of people on food stamps. And when you start to realize what their day-to-day -day mm -hmm. life looks yeah. like, that escape for them is that Whopper at 12.06 p.m. in the drive-thru that they've got four minutes between their break. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, I yeah. think that's, well, that's also part of why when people counter to me the vegan junk food narrative, they say everyone just has to eat healthy. And I'm like, bro, like we've had lentils yeah. for, you know, centuries, like mm -hmm. in, in yeah. millennia, we, we, they're not eating them. Yeah. They're not eating them. Like <laughs> vegetables are here. And people say, well, you know, if, if vegetables were cheaper and I said, well, actually, statistically, if you look at the studies, <laughs> yeah, vegetables uh, are you know, cheap. there's a lot of, there's a lot of goddamn Teslas that are parked outside of steakhouses. So <laughs> yeah. it's not actually an affluence thing as much as people think, yes, you do eat a bit more vegetables, but overall there is not a significant difference between income levels and some of this healthy consumption. Mm -hmm. And wow. that points to you that it is not just education and awareness. There's yeah. something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think we need every type of, of like option, right? We yeah, need everything absolutely. from like whole cut plant-based healthy stuff yeah, all the yeah. way down to nasty ass, like Cheesy. in and out stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, one of my good friends is like Pinky Cole, like 98% of Pinky's I love slutty vegan. Every yeah. time I go to Atlanta, I order slutty yeah. vegan to my hotel. <laughs> it's, it's like terrible for you. It's absolutely terrible for you. But, but it's so delicious. Yeah. You know, think about how many, think about how many like really famous celebrities you see post in and out burger all the time, yeah. Yeah. right? And it's like, they have private chefs, they have everything yeah. going for them, and they're eating an In-N-Out burger. Yeah. So if yeah. there's a way we can make that simple swap of that In-N-Out burger yep. being an impossible burger, yes. we should do it. Yeah. Or, being like, or being cultivated meat at the very least, because that would have such a huge like footprint reduction just to swap the kinds, like not making it vegan, having a vegan option, obviously, but then just having that cultivated meat is gonna, I think it's just gonna change like the yeah. world, really, and help us get so much further ahead in terms of climate change and really taking action there. Yeah. I would love to know, cause I feel like you see all different types of vegans because of the space that you're in. And I'm sure that you see, you know, different approaches to things for people who are feeling like frustrated, you know, with all the things that we are talking about, like how, you know, corporations are kind of like the man and we can't really like, you know, we can only do so much as individuals. What do you see people doing in the space that are, that is really inspiring, that is really making a difference that you feel like people at home could like really grasp onto and kind of take on under their own? 
Well, I think the most important thing that everyone needs to realize is that you all have your own sphere of influence. Every single one of us has a sphere of influence, right? You have 20 people that you influence in your day-to-day -day life. You may maybe never even thought of that. You know, you think, mm -hmm. especially younger folks that look up to YouTubers and, you know, creators and TikTokers and they go, well, they have all these followers, like they're impacting all these people. I can't ever do that myself. Mm -hmm. Well, that's bullshit. Like yeah. you, every single time that you become an advocate in your life, you are creating a circle of change, right? Mm -hmm. It maybe isn't right away, but what you're doing is you're normalizing this way of life. You're normalizing these conversations. And so Wired Magazine, which is the lead, like one of the leading, you know, yeah. tech yeah, um, yeah. outlets, they did a piece about the the gassing of the the pigs, <laughs> and this is an outlet that even two years ago would never do that. You're right. seeing yeah. New York Times articles about these things now. You're seeing um, the lawsuit, the Smithfield lawsuit, and then we also had the lawsuit with Foster Farms two weeks ago, where the activists that took mm -hmm. the two chickens they got found not guilty. Oh, the Smithfield suit, yeah. they got found not guilty for taking those two piglets, and so that is a big change that we are normalizing these topics in the daily lexicon like Stephen Colbert just covered the cultivated meat the other day yeah, as one wow. of his features right? right so we need to normalize talking about these things in day-to-day -day conversations mm -hmm. yeah. no matter who you are and so I think that's the simplest thing there's a lot a lot of other ways that we could talk about how you can make mm -hmm. an impact but more than anything we need to make this a regular conversation that day-to-day -day mm -hmm. people have and not an animal thing as they right. call it right yeah. right yeah. i think a lot of times vegans get afraid to bring that kind of stuff up because they don't want to be seen as like oh you're the you know angry vegan but i just feel like yeah mm -hmm. if we can just make it a normal topic like we talk about the news then mm -hmm. maybe yeah. maybe we would maybe yeah. people would be changing their mind on some things yeah yeah i i think that if there's anything that I can leave y'all with in terms of what you really need to talk about, animals are very important and animals are by far the reason that I am vegan and mm -hmm. everything that I do. But the way that I polish myself and the conversations I have in different like outlets, especially when I'm going to places like United Nations, I, I'm, I'm a different person, you know, that I will talk about the same topic, but the way that I talk to people, the points that I bring up are different, right? So you have to know your audience. It's mm -hmm. very important that you know your audience. And so one of the things that we can do is we can look at the data, we can look at the consumer surveys, and we can see what are the reasons people are turning towards this. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's two things we can hit. Why are people interested in plant-based? Mm -hmm. And why do people not want to eat meat? Mm -hmm. so it's two sides of the same coin, right? So with plant-based, unfortunately, health always is the number one driver. Right. The number mm -hmm. one reason anyone tries, you know, these products is health, right? right? So it's really important that we combat like the soy narrative and all that bullshit because it's it's a huge reason that people are not picking up the products. Right, yeah. exactly. Right? But on the flip side, new study that just came out last week from NAMI, which is the North American Meat Institute. Mm. So it's like the big, it's the big guys, it's the Meat Institute. And the number one piece reason that people were cutting down on meat is cost. Because mm. people can't afford. Have you seen the prices? Of, I mean, oh, meat is expensive. Y'all seen like eggs. I've seen people post. It's insane. Yeah, yeah um, beef is like beef uh, purchases are down way, way, way down because nobody can afford beef because mm. cows are getting more and more expensive, yeah. which is the thing we could talk about in itself. But yeah. price is important. So yeah. ways that we can make the vegan option cheaper is is huge. Yeah. But the second one, do you know what the second reason people are reducing their meat consumption? It's not animals. And it's not environment. I, I definitely it's think not I animals. No. Taste. 
No, they love because it's disgusting. They love the taste of meat. It is vaccines, hormones, and fear of the processing of the meat. Oh. So just came out. So this conversation that we're having right now, like you know, um, there was a viral video I did a few months ago on TikTok where they showed the plastic that gets ground up into pig feed. Yeah, that's right. People mm. lost their minds yeah. over that, yeah. and, and they should. And they should. Well, they should, right? Yeah. So people are scared of plastic in their body. Uh, we need to really double down on people that are, you know, that we have a large anti-vaxxer vaccine hesitant community in the United States. Yeah. Huge opportunity to tell them about yeah. like vaccines and, and antibiotics that are in their food. Right. Like this, I, I'm telling you guys the dirt because this is a report that was literally written for the meat industry to wow. teach other meat companies how to combat the narrative. Wow. And they said, we need to combat this hormones and vaccine narrative to the meat companies. Yeah. Wow. And I pulled that report and sent it to everybody. And I said, no, here's where we hit them hard. Yeah. We, we know that people are scared of yeah. me and we need to take that and show them like they've got the peek into it they know there's a little crack yeah mm -hmm. so how do we bust that wide open yeah oh, so right. grateful that angle exists now that's gonna be my because i get really passionate because obviously i'm yeah. vegan for the animals like so i just expect everybody else to be able to resonate with that mm -hmm. so i'm always like you're killing animals and it's like some people just don't give a shit yeah so it's like most. now yeah most they're just people like don't. i don't care they taste good yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. The amount of times i've heard something so stupid like that obviously you know yeah so it's nice now to be like yeah. Well, you know, if you're not into vaccines. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Great. So it was actually animals were the fourth reason. Animal welfare. Okay. Like it was like yeah. bottom of the list. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense because like, like we've said, we have, we have friends who know what goes on because they're friends with us and we've mm -hmm. told them or they've seen a documentary and they, it's still not enough for them. So it's yeah. just not enough for some people. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. So we need to get smart and it's both like we need to talk about why veganism is great but we also need to talk about why meat sucks yeah and yeah the good thing about wow. that side is we have the truth on our side yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they do not right yeah. mm -hmm. um it's a matter of time well there's been a concerted effort to put into the media and put into the narrative that plant-based is processed, plant-based is right. fake ingredients. I hear that all the time now. Oh, yeah. but it's, yeah, just from people who weren't vegan. Oh, do you like Beyond? Oh yeah, I love Beyond. I use it frequently and this, this, oh, it's just so processed. There's just like so much in it. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, how many processed things are you eating? Just even outside of your protein, yeah. you know, just. Do you notice how that just kind of feels like it just came out of nowhere and now everyone yeah. says yeah. that? Yeah. 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 That's because your group paid to to create that advertising. Yeah. So that's yeah. a propaganda yeah. campaign that started in 2019 right. from the Center for Consumer Freedom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they spent $5 million to do a synthetic yeah. meat um, ad at the Super Bowl. And they did that six months after Beyond Meat had the largest IPO in 19 years. Of course so they did. What, yeah. they, what they've been doing is they have, what they found the number one reason that you want to go vegan or eat plant-based, right? Health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they took that and Exploited they said, it. how do I exploit this one yeah. thing? They didn't have mm -hmm. to exploit anything else. They just had to take the number one reason. Right. So they created that entire narrative. Yeah. Um, you can actually go to consumerfreedom.com if you'd like to go take a look and see exactly where the genesis of all this propaganda is. It is a, a big meat lobbying association. I know this because I was a lobbyist for many years mm -hmm. for the man, and I know exactly yeah. how to dissect what lobbying looks like, and that's yeah. what they're doing. And so we need to do the opposite on our end, yeah, and we need course. to seed those same stories. But the thing is, like, we don't even have to make it up. We don't yeah. have to make up a processing narrative because the shit's already processed. Right. It actually yeah. is. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, we don't have you for a lot longer, but I wanted to touch on um, one of the things that you and I talked about earlier this week. Can you kind of touch on what the meat industry is doing for school kids now um, because their consumption is going down and how they're trying to combat that and force 
meat and dairy onto kids now? So they've been doing it since we were born, first off, okay? Uh, you know, the, the most important thing you have to understand is that the United States of America exists because of the meat industry, mm-hmm. okay? So at the turn of the century in the year 1900, the meat industry made over a billion dollars in the United States of America, which was bigger than the federal government. So of course they control everything. Yeah. Okay, so that's, yeah. that's just, like, so when people tell you big meat's controlling this, blah, 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 it's, it's actually factually accurate, okay? Yeah. So that's the first thing you need to understand. It's not so a then, conspiracy theory. It is it's not true. a conspiracy theory, it's a fact. And so when we talk about how interwoven they are with government, with public schools, with mm-hmm. all these different programs, that's why. So yeah. what's happening right now is the FDA just put out a report a few weeks ago that found that the lowest ever dairy consumption was in January this past January. Wow. Ever in love history. Wow. Love that. amazing. Right? And do you know what you know what happened the last time this the, the numbers dwindled? What I'm happened? Sure the dairy industry went insane and what, what campaign do got, you think? Got milk. <laughs> so got milk was concocted to get young people consuming milk because young people yeah. were not drinking milk. So it was a way to make milk cool. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, seeing Britney Spears' ad and I was like, oh, she's so cool. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate it. Like even yeah. I was like, you know, manipulated by it. We all yeah. were, of course. Yeah. We were kids. Over 250 celebrities did that campaign. It's because yeah. Annie Leibovitz is the one that shot it. Mm-hmm. So they all, it was like a FOMO thing. So they yeah. all wanted to. All the celebrities. Yeah, everybody yeah. did that. Yeah. It's the most iconic, it's, it's one of the most iconic campaigns of all time, certainly of the 90s. Like yeah. it, it was a really, it was defining. Every single yeah. one of us remembers it from our childhood. Right. And then people like, remember you would like, like a, it's like a baseball card. You would collect them. Everyone mm-hmm. wanted to get like every Got Milk ad. And, yeah. yeah. So anyways, like the short of it is like, They've been targeting kids forever. The latest thing that they are doing is they have got Lunchables approved for uh, public school children's lunches. So your public schools will be able to purchase two amazing Lunchable products. One is the Easy Cheesy Pizza. Oh my god! So of course, what's what's the Easy Cheesy Pizza filled with? Dairy. Tons of cheese, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. So that's a good way to get the dairy production going. Uh, and the other one is like the turkey and cheese Lunchables. Yeah. And mm. so uh, that one's kind of funny because what they're trying to do is they're not allowed to do red meat. So they're like, oh, it's fine. We'll just make processed turkey instead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which turkey has rectopamine and all the exact same hormones and additives that go into your processed red meats. Also, they have an avian flu epidemic. So there's a million reasons why you shouldn't be eating turkey either. But of course, that is what America's school children will have as an option come this September. So they're trying to get them addicted. You know, since they're not drinking as much maybe milk now and eating that much meat, they're like, okay, well, let's pump them with this a couple of times a week and then they'll want Mm -hmm. it over the weekend and then we'll have them hooked on cheese in no time. Lobbying. Yeah. They um, lobby to yeah. get those dollars. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like from a from our perspective, we don't lobby. Yeah. We're very I mean, there's some groups, but comparatively speaking, we're a drop in the yeah. bucket compared to what right. happens with meat, dairy, right. and eggs. Uh, there's a reason why your entire childhood was filled with this crap. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is what they did. They it's did so this sad. on purpose. Yeah. yeah. It's so sad and it's so sad that this is even allowed that they can even decide what you know, things to fill our children with, not because it's healthy, but because they're losing money and they want to make sure that they stay making money. Yeah. It's just yeah. disgusting. It is. And like I said, it's really important to understand yeah. how deeply woven meat, dairy, and eggs is to the government. They're, it's a blurry line. Yeah. Uh, when you take, you know, the USDA, which is in charge of regulating meat, 
the first 70 years that it existed, it didn't even regulate meat. It was created to accelerate the meat economy. Right. That's, that's incredible. Um, Jenny, thank you so much for all the yeah. information. I feel like we could have you on here three more hours and we wouldn't even begin to scratch the surface of all the things we want to cover with you. We'd love to have you back. Um, we'll coordinate and we can talk about all the other yeah. things too. But thank you so much for your time. Thank really you. appreciate thank it. Thank you Jenny so from much. the Vegan Women Summit. She's She's got so much great information. Follow her on all the socials. We'll link all her links. And yeah, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thanks we for really me. appreciate it. I definitely learned a lot. Yes. Yeah, I feel you. on fire. <laughs> if you guys have any other questions for Jenny, comment them down below and we'll maybe ask her next time she comes on. And we'll see you guys next yeah. week for another episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.